You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tiger Nation, what is up? Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, five days a week. It's a glance into Clemson athletics, including the number four team in college football, Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers hitting the road this weekend to take on the Florida State Seminoles down in Tallahassee. And going to break that game down for you in depth today with three questions that Clemson must answer in this contest where they're favored by 35 points. And also going to take a look at three players to keep an eye on, three that I'm going to be watching especially closely in this game on Saturday at noon. And then finally, we'll wrap things up with a little prediction time. Tell you how I think the game plays out, what the biggest storyline is, and how this one will be talked about once it's over. So plenty to get to on a busy Friday episode as Clemson gets ready to take on Florida State. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkoff. That's S-E-N-K-I-W. I am also the co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson, the flagship station of the Tigers, and I'm also the deputy editor over at allclemson.com, where I write daily uh, for the SI Network site. Make sure you are hitting that download button, that subscribe button, and continuing to help Locked On Clemson Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network grow each and every week. Let's dive right into this game. The Tigers enter this one. Coming off a loss to Notre Dame, followed by a off week, which they were able to recoup, get some guys healthy, find themselves again, work on some issues that they've had, and then turn around and get ready to go to Tallahassee. Trevor Lawrence is back at quarterback. Potentially the Tigers are getting back some injured players like Tyler Davis, Mike Jones Jr., Matt Bockhorst. That remains to be seen completely. There will be no James Skowski in this one. The linebacker still out along with wide receiver Frank Latson, as they continue to heal from some, some more serious injuries that's keeping them out for multiple weeks. But still, Clemson has three questions they need to answer in this one, and I think the first one is centered around probably the hottest topic in terms of football-related items on this team, and that's the run game. I mean, it just has not been good this year. You know, I've gone over that in detail throughout the last two weeks. I'm not going to recap all the numbers, but the question I have in this game is, who else is going to run the ball? Who else is it going to be? I think Clemson needs some yards from somebody else. I don't think it's going to be Travis Etienne all day long and only Travis Etienne. In fact, you can make a case he's probably getting too much work right now. And I know the Tigers are sort of forced to force the issue a little bit, and they have not been able to clear holes for him up front. He has not been explosive through the holes that he's gotten, and it's just allowed Clemson to uh, struggle in the run game. And it's allowed opponents to continue to load the box. I think somebody else needs to step up. I don't I don't know if there's another running back on this team who's ready to do it. Lynn J. Dixon has been a no-show in the offense this year. He's done some good things on special teams, but have not seen much out of him in the run game. Demarcus Bowman was a freshman who came in and left before he could really get going in this program and in this system, and he transferred. So there's just a lack of who's that guy behind ETN. I think the guy that they need to see running the ball this week is Trevor Lawrence. 
You know, I think the, the Clemson quarterback, he's back, he's healthy, COVID-19 free. He doesn't have any injuries. He's not banged up like DJ Uyongole was with the shoulder. Clemson's got to get something out of the run game. Somebody's got to take the pressure off Travis Etienne in that aspect and a little bit of pressure off the offensive line. And just think, if Trevor Lawrence gets running a little bit, creates a couple big plays, gives the opponent, at worst, something on film to take a look at, it just might get things going for ETN in that run game. And I think it's going to be very important. So that's the number one question I have. Who else is going to run the football for Clemson? Question number two, is this going to be a name-your-score game? Is this one of those where Clemson is going to do whatever it wants, however it wants, beat down a weak opponent, a 2-6 and six Florida State team? Yeah, I said weak opponent. They're continuing to have opt-outs, continuing to have injuries. It's been a horrible two weeks for this roster. Uh, you have to wonder. I mean, they have to be pretty close to where if COVID-19 really struck this team, the Florida State would be able to play a game because they, they're running out of scholarship players just from the guys who are either out for the year with injuries or opted out of playing. So it really makes you wonder how far State competes in this game and how they stay close in this one and what can they do. And I, I got a feeling with Clemson coming off a loss, they're going to want to come out establish something in this and prove something. And if that's the case, this game can get ugly early. It could be one of those name-your-score kind of games. But Coach Sweeney keeps talking up Florida State. He does it every year, no matter if they're good or not. And he feels like this team has improved. He feels like they're getting more disciplined, even though they're the worst or the most penalized teams in yards per game in the ACC, which has been a problem pretty much every year since the Jimbo Fisher era. And I don't know if that's going to get cleaned up anytime soon. But they're not a very disciplined team. But Coach Winnie sees them improving. He says they don't care about their record. They're trying to establish something within their program. Well, this is sort of the biggest test to do that. Can you get guys to play for four quarters? And then who do you play for four quarters? Do you have enough bodies out there at key positions that you feel like you can give it your all? There's a lot of moving parts with this Florida State team. I just don't know if they hang around in this game. That's one of the biggest questions. Is is there any competitive juice out of this, or does Clemson just take it away? Do they rip Florida State's heart out from the very beginning? I think the Tigers need to answer that question right off the bat and really try to put this team away. And the third and final question I want to see if Clemson can answer in this game against Florida State tomorrow at noon is, can the Tigers' defensive front simply dominate somebody? It's really been a while, I think, since you've seen that. Just pure domination, getting after it, uh, keeping the quarterback in the pocket, creating pressure and havoc, and bringing guys down in the backfield. Can they just dominate an offensive line for Florida State that actually might be a little bit better than what you've seen over the last couple of years. I think there are some improvement there, but at the same time, their best offensive lineman has opted out. And NC State pretty much had their way with Florida State last week. So I, I really just want to see can the Seminoles, which have allowed 28 sacks on the season, uh, simply just get got by the Clemson Tigers. Can they really get after Florida State's front and create some havoc, create some issues? You know, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be the ends. It doesn't have to be just Miles Murphy or just K.J. Henry. I mean, it could be Valen Spector coming on blitzes, or Jake Venables, or maybe it's a corner blitz or a safety blitz. You just want to see if Clemson can get after and really, truly dominate this Florida State offensive line for close to 60 minutes. Coming up next, going to give you a look at three players I'm keeping an eye on in this game from a Clemson perspective. And it's not always the stars. It's not always even... 
the first teamers. There's sometimes there's a guy off the bench or even a specials teamer to take a look at. I'll give you that coming up. It is the weekend. We made it. We did it. Oh my goodness. It's time to hit the reset button. Oh, cannot wait to sit down, watch some football this weekend. You know what goes great with football? Any football, no matter who's on. An ice cold Coors Light. Coors Light is literally the beer made to chill. It's what I reach for when I'm ready to chill, when I'm ready to hit the reset button and get things ready for what's next. And you can get this right now delivered to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. It's cold filtered. It's cold lagered. It's cold packaged. It is the beer that's made to chill. And it's the one I choose when I'm ready to hit the reset button. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now it's time for three players I'm going to keep a close eye on in this game between the Tigers and the Seminoles. It's from a Clemson perspective, and you know I think all three is extremely important. In fact, uh, one of them, I'm not even sure is going to play. I'll get to that in just a moment. But let's start on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to start with Cornell Powell. The wide receiver has been lights out. He's gone over 100 yards in back-to-back games. He has been the big play receiver for Clemson all of a sudden, and he's sort of taken the pressure off of the receiving core that's lacked a healthy Frank Ladson and a healthy Joseph Ngata. And we know Ladson's still out. Not sure how healthy Ngata is, but if this continues at the current pace, Cornell Powell's going to end up being one of the best receivers in the ACC with what he's doing right now. So I uh, want to see if he keeps that going. Just want to see if he continues to play at a high level. Going to be interested to see uh, where Florida State uses their coverage and who they put uh, Asante Samuel Jr. on. Is it going to be Cornell Powell? Is it going to he's going to move inside potentially and take on Amari Rogers? How are they going to defend Clemson in the secondary? And if Cornell Powell gets a favorable matchup, I got a feeling he's going to have another big game. So I'm going to keep a close eye just on where he lines up, who lines up on him. And how often Trevor Lawrence looks his way. Remember, this was under DJ Uyangole that the big numbers, the big 200, two 100-yard games came from with DJ at quarterback. So with Trevor there now, what is Cornell Powell's usage in this offense? It was on the uptick anyway. I'm anxious to see just how involved he is on Saturday. Player number two, I've already said his name, DJ Uyangole. No, he's not the starter. Trevor Lawrence is back. He's going to run the show. I think he's going to have a big game. But I want to see how they use DJ. You know, that was the question back, like, during the Miami game. We didn't see him against Georgia Tech, but a lot of people thought he was going to get a ton of playing time there uh, in a blowout. He was banged up. I just think it's it's, there's something set up. Now, Clemson knows what he can do now. So does Florida State. So do the rest of the opponents. I wonder, and now he needs to be healthy, but I just wonder if Clemson brings him in in some interesting packages, some different situations, and lets him do some things. You know, early in the year, all you really saw him do was run the football, and he ran it effectively. And then you saw him go out when he had to be the starter and throw for 781 yards in two games, six total touchdowns. The kid can do it. He can flat out play. I'm just curious as to what his role is going to be. He's got to have a role. He's got to do something. Is this a game you need to get creative and create something like that against Florida State? Probably not. But still, I would be surprised if Clemson puts him out there in some situations. And this will probably be a blowout based on this point spread. And if it is, you're going to see DJ regardless. But I wonder what happens if you put him on the field with Trevor Lawrence. We've seen it once this year. 
Could it happen again? And what do they run out of it? And now defenses know he can throw the ball. I mean, there's plenty of tape on that. So how do they defend him when he's in the ball game? I think you're going to see this. I'm keeping a close eye on if DJ Ungongole comes in this ball game, when he comes in it, what the situation is, what the formation is, and most importantly, what does he do when he takes the snap? Player number three. I think he's going to play. I may be wrong. I don't have any inside information on this right now. I just feel like it's trending towards seeing Tyler Davis back on the football field. Now, we don't know how bad the ankle is. Coach Sweeney made it quite clear, as most coaches in college football have, they don't have to talk a lot about injuries this year. That's fine. I get it. The whole COVID-19 and the protocols and the guidelines sort of handcuff them, and they're able to use that to really not give much of anything on banged-up players. So I don't know where the ankle is. I don't know if it's a high ankle sprain. I don't know if it was you know, almost fractured. I mean, who knows how bad it was when he rolled it. What we do know is that he hasn't played in quite some time. It's been an entire month since he played football, and that was against Georgia Tech in Atlanta. And that following week is when he rolled his ankle in practice. So no one's seen him on the football field. No one knows if he's ready to go or how healthy he is or can he handle or withstand X amount of snaps. Uh, I'm going to keep a very close eye. You don't really watch the defensive tackles all that often unless, you know, it's uh, Aaron Donald. (laughs) But Tyler Davis is sort of Clips' version of Aaron Donald. Not that he's uh, that kind of playmaker, but he makes things go for this defense. And when he's in the middle, when he can line up over the center, and he can demand double teams, and the guard's got to shade over there, and the center's got to hurry up and snap the ball and get his hands up because Davis is a wrecking ball. He's low to the ground. He's got plenty of foot quickness. He can get by you. He can get into the backfield. Uh, he's also going to push the pocket around and affect your quarterback, and he can stop the run. He's a complete player, and he's only a sophomore. So it's going to be very important when he's in the game, if he's in the game, what he's doing, how does he look, pay attention to does he limp every time he gets up. Remember when Dexter Lawrence had that foot issue that lingered uh, for so long a couple years ago for the Tigers on that defensive front? Like You just knew like there were just times where he would limp out of the game, and you didn't know if he was coming back the rest of the day. And then he'd limp back out there and play a couple plays and then go back. They don't want to do that with Tyler Davis. They want him 100% fully healthy and ready to go down the stretch. It's going to be a big test to see if he's ready in this one. And if he is, that bodes very well for Clemson's future the rest of the season because he is that kind of impact player on the defensive side. So I'm watching how he looks, how he moves, and most importantly, does he play? What does he look like? (laughs) Is he on the sidelines holding a helmet or is he out on the field with his teammates? Coming up next, going to give you a little breakdown here, the biggest storyline of this game, and a little prediction. Tell you how I think this one plays out, what direction this game ends up going. Who knew something so healthy could taste so good? That's the best way to describe Bilt Bar, the new and improved delicious-er version of the Bilt Bar. In fact, they got 16 new flavors for you added now to their uh, 12 other ones, and so that's 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut varieties like the caramel brownie, the cookies and cream, apple almond crisp. These things are great. They come in covered in chocolate, very soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious guy. Think about this. The peanut butter, 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar, 
five grams of net carbs. You can feel good about what's going in your body. You know it's going to give you the energy you need, the protein you need, whether it's that midday snack or right before your workout or right after your workout. You got to go with Built Bar. In fact, go right now to BuiltBar.com. Type in locked on in the promo code. That's locked on in the promo code. 20% off your next order. 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, now it's time to finalize the breakdown of this game. Clemson taking on Florida State at noon tomorrow. 35 and a half point favorite. Wonder if that line keeps going up. Wow, it crossed the the magic number of 35. <laughs> really thought that was funny. We went over that. I'm like, my goodness, how how high can this thing truly go? Would you be surprised if it was even like 40? I don't think many people would. I think people would still be taking Clemson, even at 40 points. I guess Florida State, because they've won the last two games by a total of 80 points. That's 40 per game. They have dominated and owned Florida State now, really since the, the end of the Jimbo era. Uh, since Jimbo, things fell apart there at Florida State. They put up very little fight against the Tigers. And right now, Clemson, very hungry, very hangry. And a team that appears to be getting healthy, coming off a bye week, a chance to really, really get better. And I thought that was something that Coach Sweeney really harped on. And I think that's really the main storyline of this week. He didn't make excuses. He didn't say, we'll get better when this guy gets healthy. You know, uh, this area will improve when this guy's back on the field. He didn't say that. He just kept simply saying, got to get better. Got to get better. Got to get better at this. Got to get better at that. Got to get after the quarterback. Got to cut down on penalties. Got to play cleaner football. Nowhere in there did he say when so-and-so returns, that problem is fixed. So he's not relying simply on uh, help to change his football team. Maybe it does. Maybe that does fix some of the problems. And I think you can make a legitimate argument that it will fix some of them. But at the same time, like he's got to play with who he's got. And the players that he have got to play better. In certain areas, Clemson doesn't have like these huge, large holes in their entire team that can't be fixed or can't be filled. Some of this stuff looks fixable. Uh, can you get after the quarterback better? Yeah, I think Clemson can fix that. Uh, Tyler Davis can help that, but I think guys can pick up their game. Maybe the scheme changes a little bit with Brent Venables and what he wants to do to bring pressures. Maybe on the offensive side of the ball, you rotate some offensive linemen in. Maybe you don't stick with the starting five. For much of the game. Maybe you give other guys chances to show what they can do. So to me, that's the biggest storyline in this game is where do you see the improvement? How does the improvement happen? I, I think you do see it in some areas uh, with Clemson because they've had a lot of time to self-evaluate, self-scout, go back, work on the things with who they've had. And you got to think that as they've slowly working some of these injured players back, it's probably given the younger players who got forced into some roles they weren't ready for some extra snaps in practice. And a lot of times you spend the bye week giving youngsters as many reps as you possibly can to rest your older guys, but also because you haven't had time to really go back and teach things. Well, Clemson had that time. We'll see if it pays off in this game. So how does this game play out? What direction does it go? What is the prediction? What is the final score? You know, I I look at this team and I look at where Clemson is from an offensive standpoint, and it just feels like they're going to go back to more of the just kind of airing it out, uh, Trevor Lawrence leading the show, uh, taking his team down the field, may, maybe not being super efficient in terms of their yardage, 
But I think they're going to be back to making a ton of explosive plays in the passing game. Now, they didn't make some of DJ Leongahulay, don't get me wrong. But I think Lawrence is really going to come out on fire. I think he has a lot to prove right now. He can say what he wants, but I think he wants to be in the Heisman race again. I think he wants to hear his name mentioned a lot more. And right now it's Kyle Trask and it's Mac Jones and Justin Fields. And he's sort of kind of the guy sitting in the back of the room. Well, you know what? He's got three games in the regular season and a fourth game against Notre Dame in the rematch in the ACC championship game to go do something about that. And I think he's going to do it. So I expect a big game from Trevor Lawrence, especially in the first half. Do you see like a decimation of Florida State like they did to Georgia Tech? Probably not to that degree, but I could see Clemson putting up five touchdowns in the first half. Lawrence throwing for four of those and see if ETN gets going or not. But uh, defensive side of the ball, I expect the Tigers to play uh, a little bit more fundamentally sound. It's going to be a little bit easier. Let's just be honest. Florida State simply does not have the scheme and the personnel to really, really press you. And Jordan Travis is not a thrower. He's a runner. Now, that's a different challenge. But there's a lot of one-dimensional football here for Florida State. They just simply can't throw the forward pass very well. And one-dimensional teams do not work well against Brent Venables. Notre Dame was the complete opposite of a one-dimensional team. They ran the ball and threw it with success. So I think Florida State's going to have trouble moving the football. I'm not going to call a, a complete shutout here because I don't think Clemson's defense is healthy enough, uh, nor is it play maybe is fundamentally sound enough to not make a couple of mistakes here and there. But even though Brent Venables doesn't want to live with them, I think overall the fans can live with it, the players can live with it if they do give up uh, a touchdown or two in this game. So I'm going to go final score here, uh, 48-17. to 48-17 to will be the final as Clemson is going to take care of business and move up to 8-1 and on the season and continue Florida State's struggles. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Make sure you're back on Monday for Locked On Clemson Podcast. Going to review everything that happens. Going to go inside the box score, give you a look at the stats and how this game played out. Thank you so much for being a part of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Once again, follow me on Twitter at Brad Sinkov. And please tell your friends, your family, all about Locked On Clemson Podcast. And check out the Locked On College Football Podcast with Candace Cooper. Have a great weekend. Take care, Clemson Nation.